Support for today's episode comes from Maple Leaf Foods. We all have questions about the food we cook. Is it natural? Is it good for my family? What about the planet? Maple Leaf's answer is in the foods they're proud to provide with natural ingredients for Canadian families. The dough is 118 years old. Uh, as far as I know, it, it's probably older than that, but that's as far as I can trace it back. And um, I'm 86. So there we are. So it's your senior. That's, it's my senior, yeah. <laughs> But I think it's holding up better than I am. Unless it was a special occasion. My name is Ion Christensen, and uh, I'm the keeper of the Yukon sourdough. Hi, I'm Sarah Martin, and this is Home Cooked, a podcast about cherished family recipes and why they get passed on. In every other episode of Home Cooked, we've talked about a recipe that's been handed down. But in this case, it's not just the recipe that's been passed along, it's an actual ingredient. We're talking about eating something that's over 100 years old, and it's still living and breathing. Maybe that sounds unappetizing, but this is Home Cooked, so it's gonna be delicious. We're in Whitehorse, Yukon. The Christensen family is sitting around the kitchen table like they do pretty much every Sunday morning. There's Art, his two sons, Paul and Phil, their wives, Michelle and Kate, and eight-year-old grandson, Harry. Can you smell it? Does that smell like sourdough? Mm, Kind of a buttery smell. A buttery smell. That's good. Okay, so we're going to make sourdough hotcakes. Ione Christensen, the matriarch of the family, is prepping her ingredients. She's a tall woman. Her kids tell me she was almost six feet when she was younger. Since her 80th birthday, she's lost a couple of inches, but she's still a commanding presence with her white hair and sparkling blue eyes. The hotcakes she's making today are famous. Not just here in this kitchen. They're known around the world. I got requests from Sweden and Germany and Australia and New Zealand. And that's saying something, because Ione is a local legend herself here in Whitehorse. Before becoming a Canadian senator, she was the first female justice of the peace up here, the first female juvenile court judge, the first female mayor of Whitehorse, and the first female commissioner of the Yukon Territory. I'd rather be known for my sourdough than I would be for all the rest of the stuff. (laughs) Ione's hotcakes, also called pancakes, have been a northern staple up here for over 100 years. This starter she uses to make them, it dates back to the gold rush. Now I'll just put his lid back on. And I'll let him sit here for the day, okay. then I'll put him in the fridge. Can you hear how Ione calls her starter him? That's because he is actually alive. I don't feed it if, it's, if I'm not using it. And then you just leave it dormant. I just leave it dormant. So, yeah, and then all you have to do is bring it out, warm it up, stir it up with this stir stuff, warm water, and away it goes again. You can freeze it, and you can dry it. And that's how they would bring it up in the gold rush. The gold rush. That's what most people associate with the Yukon. And that's why Ione's family came up here in the first place. They were part of the wave of 100,000 people that set out for Klondike gold at the end of the 1800s. And that's when the sourdough showed up. 
My great-grandfather and his four sons started from Nova Scotia in 1897. They had it on the trail. I don't know where they got it from. Now, somehow I can't see five men saying, oh, we have to take our sourdough with us. I think it's something they probably picked up on the trail because everybody had it. And they would make a little ball out of it and put it in their middle of their flour sacks. And then every two or three days they would stop if it was warm enough and uh, they would bake up a bunch of small biscuits and stuff with this sourdough and then they could continue on the trail. That 33-mile trail cutting through the Chilkoot Pass was the shortest route from Alaska to the gold fields, but it was also the most brutal. The last four miles were steeper than a black diamond ski hill, and at 40 below, you could get frostbite in minutes. If you wanted to make the trek, the RCMP required that you have a year's supply of gear and food before they even let you cross the border. I own son, Paul. Can you imagine when times were tough in the late 1800s, people like, well, we're going to the Yukon because there's a gold rush and, you know, we have to have a ton of gear, but we got to carry it. Or no one's going to do that now. Carrying your one ton of supplies over the Chilkoot Pass and, you know, you had your little wad of sourdough that you kept warm next to your body. Only 30,000 of the people who set out to strike it rich, just over a quarter of them, ever made it to the gold fields. After the gold rush was over, a lot of the people who came here moved on. It's like, well, there's no more gold. But Ion's family is one of the very few from that time who remains here in Whitehorse today. And the hardy said, well, here we are, let's make a home here. So maybe there is that component of it, like there's this hardy little organism that hung on and, and our, our ancestors held on too. This is quiet, we've got the dog at home. Dad, do you want some coffee or? Living in the north can be tough. And there is a certain amount of hardiness and strength within the sourdough, in a sense, that it's survived this long, where all the people who have been here, the First Nations before us, and, and then your family as well. The sustainability, the strength of enduring. Ion's century-old starter certainly has endured. And the container that she keeps it in doesn't look like anything you'd want to eat anything out of. It's a round, clear Tupperware with a thick, crusty-looking, gooey, beige paste inside it. In the good old days, you had to use it all the time. Nowadays, you don't. You can put it in the fridge, and it just goes dormant. It eats up whatever flour or sugar it has, and then it just goes to sleep. And as it works down, this won't be so fluffy, it'll just work down to a white paste in the bottom, and there'll be sort of a greeny-looking water on top. And it doesn't look like it's ever been washed. But that's the whole point, really. And I don't wash this. Well, I keep it as it is. Because if you wash it, you're going to lose stuff and might get some soap in there or something. The homemade label on top says, 100-year-old Yukon sourdough starter. Don't throw out! Exclamation mark. That's why I have this on, because I'm away. Somebody's cleaning my fridge. They think, oh my God, you know, <laughs> some sort of experiment. <laughs> we'll throw it out because it's rotten. But it isn't. It's just dormant. And the greeny-looking stuff on top is, is alcohol. Every time Ione makes her famous hotcakes, she begins the night before, taking the dormant starter out of the fridge and scooping a dollop of the dried paste into a bowl. She adds two cups of flour, a quarter cup of sugar, and slightly less than two cups of warm water. 
That mixture is left out of the fridge overnight as its ingredients work their magic, activating the yeast and bringing it back to life. This morning, we're looking down at a teeming bowl of the growing mixture, ready to be whipped up into hot cake batter. It's a wild yeast. It's a live thing. It's just, you can see all the bubbles and you can smell it. So that's what that looks like. It smells nice. Mm, Doesn't that smell good? It smells sour, yeasty. Yeast is a living bacterial culture. Most of the bread we eat today is made with cultivated or instant yeast. Use it once and it's gone. But a wild yeast starter, it's something else, and it can be kept alive forever. This one is over 120 years old, and Iona has been with it for 86 of those years. And how many people were in your family? Just me and my mom and dad. I was a spoiled brat. <laughs> I was used often to the only white child in town. And I had a trap line when I was five years old, and I had a dog and a sleigh, and I'd go up my trap line every day. Then when I was six, my mother tried to teach me. We got correspondence because there was no school there. And every opportunity I got to get away, I'd just get up and leave my, my, my studies and go out in the trap line. And so finally, my mother said, enough of this. You're going to get an education. They sent me out to Vancouver Island to a, a, a private boarding school. That must have been a shock. Oh, you better believe it was. I mean, here was this little bush kid, and whenever I went anywhere, I always had a hunting knife. You never know when you're going to need it for cutting something or whatever. First thing the matron did when she opened my trunk was take my hunting knife away. It was a British school, and ladies wore white dresses and green sashes and took the stairs one at a time and did not wear hunting knives. Ione got her knife and her trap line back when she moved back home to the Yukon. She was also reunited with her mom's hotcakes and her family pet, so to speak, her grandma's sourdough starter. <laughs> this is live and it's growing all the time. And how do you keep it alive? Okay, well, this is what we're going to do right now. We're going to take a big spoon and we're going to save a little bit because if I don't save it, um, I could lose it. Imagine what would be lost if the starter wasn't taken care of properly. Ione's mom had a close call. My mother, she hung it up on, a, on one of the beams, log beam in our kitchen. And for some reason, she forgot she'd left it there. And so um, suddenly there was an awful smell. And my mother was a meticulous housekeeper. And, you know, if there's anything that was just off, she was after it. And she could not find the smell. And she searched the house and she cleaned the house. She moved everything. She, it just smelled like the dead animals. <laughs> <laughs> and my father was getting a little bit frustrated because he was having to move the furniture around and that. And one day we, he was having breakfast and he looked up and he saw, he said, Martha, what's that pot hanging up there in the ceiling? And she said, oh my God, that's my sourdough. <laughs> she brought it down and it was rotten. It was totally gone. Totally gone after surviving a century in the wild? To find out what happened to Ione's mom's starter, tune in after the break. Maple Leaf Foods is the first major food company in the world to become carbon neutral. What does that mean? Every company and every person has a carbon footprint because everything we do emits carbon into the atmosphere. We know the effects. Our planet needs us all to change. 
So Maple Leaf has reduced their impact as much as possible. And they invest in local environmental projects to encourage sustainability and bring their footprint to zero. This is a huge mission, and sometimes it's complex, but it's rooted in a simple truth. Every little step we take matters. That's something we can all share by turning off lights, being mindful of what kind of food we consume, leaving cars in the driveway, and supporting local industry. We all have real questions about the food we eat and the impact it has on our planet. Maple Leaf believes in listening first and then taking action in finding answers to these questions. Maple Leaf hopes their actions can inspire Canadians and other companies to take similar steps as we all work for a greener future for future generations. Made me sleep even. I'd just dump it in and I'd mix it up really well and then I'd put a plate on top of it. Welcome back. I own Christensen is in her kitchen preparing the batter for her famous sourdough hotcakes. The whole family is here and they're hungry. Before the break, Ione was telling me about her mother's brush with sourdough disaster. She'd left the whole batch out on a log beam in the kitchen, forgot about it, and it was completely spoiled. Done. Finished. Kaput. But the original sourdough starter luckily didn't really die. Its roots were too deep and its branches too wide. It's been in the family for generations. Ione's mom just had to ask her own mom for some more. And, uh, and, but, and for, hot, for waffles often I put in a little bit of cornmeal just to give it a little bit of texture. Ione wasn't the keeper of the Yukon sourdough her whole life. It's a responsibility she took on later as an adult. It's the same flour, water, sugar. End of story. But once you got that out of the way... She didn't have the starter with her at boarding school, and she left it behind when she left home again for college in San Francisco, the first step to her remarkable professional journey. And what I don't use for hotcakes today, I will make up the rest of it into bread. She studied business administration and took some courses in city planning. That led to a job with the Yukon government when she came back home. And then came an offer. Somebody asked me if I would like to be a justice of the peace. Uh, Justice of the peace? That sounds interesting. And so I said, well, you know, I don't have any legal experience. They said, well, I'll show you what you have to learn. So I became a justice of the peace. And then they said, uh, would you like to take on and become a judge of the juvenile court? I said, well, I'm, again, I don't have a legal background, but they said, well, you just have to, you know, listen to the things and make these judgments. And I thought, okay. So I became a judge appointed by the federal government, my first female judge in the Yukon. Not long after that, another opportunity came knocking. And uh, a couple of men, it was always men that came and asked me if I'd do these things. Our mayor was being appointed to the Senate. And they said, you know, you, we think that you'd make a good mayor. I said, I'm not political. I said, well, you know, it's not politics. It's just, it's just running the city. And Art always said, when any of these things came up, give it a try. If you're not successful, that's okay. If you are successful and you don't like it, you can always quit. But give it a try because people don't always get asked to do these things. So I decided, yeah, I'd do it. And I won. <laughs> so there I have my oil. Now, I like to separate my eggs and beat them up. It makes things a little bit lighter, and, and I just like the texture better. 
Now we're going to have a bit of a racket because we're going to whip up the egg whites. Perfect. The secret ingredient to her mayoral campaign? Exactly what I'm watching here today. Ione making her delicious sourdough hotcakes for everyone. When she first ran for mayor, there'd be pancake breakfasts as kind of like fundraisers for various things. And at those events, you know, the history of it would always get rolled out and get talked about. And, and you know, the old timers appreciated it because they all had, were part of it. But you, you got a lot more of the, the newcomers to the Yukon sort of perking up their ears and listening into the conversations and getting a bit of the, the sense of the history that uh, is attached to this sort of stuff. Now, at this point, I changed my mixer because sourdough is real sticky. And I find that if I do it with the big beaters, it just draws everything up and, and it also splatters. At the over. end of her second successful term as mayor, another first. The commissioner, the big boss of the Yukon Territory, was leaving his post, and who better to replace him? Ione became the first female commissioner of the Yukon Territory. Her next step? The federal government. Tell me, what took you to Ottawa? What took me to Ottawa? Being appointed to the Senate. Just that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was... In, when did that happen in your 1999. Mm -hmm. And I was... I, I retired in 2006... I only had seven years, but Art was, was losing his sight and he was having very great difficulty managing. So I resigned, then I came back. When Ione got back home, she did what she always does. She baked. At her press conference announcing her retirement from the Senate, she laid out a spread of sourdough Christmas cookies for all the local reporters. Ione was always better off in the Yukon. And it turns out so was her sourdough. Yeah, well, when I went to, to Ottawa in 1999, I thought, well, you know, take some good old Yukon sourdough with me. And I was staying in a big apartment building that was quite old, and so there must have been a lot of old mold. That, and my sourdough must have crossed with it, because sourdough does that. And um, it, it, I never liked the taste of it. It was awful. It was, it was a whole different sourdough. Uh, and uh, I left it there when I left. <laughs> well, I threw it down the sink, actually. Now, that's just wild yeast. And one of the things about wild yeast is that it picks up yeasts from wherever it is. Of course, Ione had more of the starter back home in Whitehorse. It's the same home I'm visiting today. She's showing me a photo from her family album. It's of her and two other women standing in front of a hot cake shack on the 100th anniversary of the Chilkoot Trail. This is in 1998, the 100th anniversary of the um, gold rush. A couple of friends and I, we used to hike, we hiked the, the Chilkoot a lot together. So we decided we wanted to do something special for that. And um, we decided we'd like to put a, a bake tent on the trail and uh, make hotcakes for the, all the people coming over the trail. That's and incredible. it was wonderful. Yeah, we had a great time. We, we started on July 1st and we, we closed it down on August 31st. And we served, I think, uh, 2,400 people, plus or minus. As near as we can calculate, Ione has made about 50,000 hotcakes in her lifetime, all with this very same wild yeast starter. But she says it was never quite as happy as it was that year on the Chilkoot Trail. Uh, we kept the yeast in the old train station 
our, the, the starter and everything in our, all of our supplies. And it was the best sourdoughs we ever had. I guess they were mixing with their friends from way back in 98 or something because it was great. It was at home. It was at home, totally at home. Ion's home is two doors down from the house that her parents, G.I. and Martha Cameron, used to live in. Her son, Paul, and his wife, Michelle, live there now. Michelle told me that when they took possession of the place, they also acquired some valuable family heirlooms. So we moved in, and there was the sourdough starter in the fridge, and the recipe, that uh, G.I. Cameron sourdough pancakes, with, you know, his own little drawings and doodles on it. Ion's daughter-in-law, Kate, also learned pretty quickly about the starter's fame when she joined the family. As soon as I started dating (laughs) Phil, my friends were asking, can we please have some of the starter? (laughs) So that sort of dispersed it more because they're like, oh, you've got access to the starter. So, yeah, Phil certainly gets requests from my friends and spreads the love. I I get that as well. I Mm -hmm. get people, oh, do you have any of the starter? Could you get me some of the starter? Yeah, it's, Mm -hmm. it's totally... Uh, an attraction. It's not us that they want to talk to. It's just they want our starter. I guess it just, it it sort of symbolizes for me, it's sort of history and continuity. If you you were an Italian family and you you had an old family recipe for grappa, this is ours. This is our little slice of history that we take with us wherever we go and we pass on everybody else. Both my sons have it and they both use it. And my little grandson, we've told him that he's only eight and he's only one grandchild we have. So he, we've told him that it's his job to look after the sourdough for grandma when he, when he gets bigger. And he knows that. <laughs> is it, this is Harry, my, my grandson. He's the sixth generation and he's the one that's gonna have to carry it forward, aren't you, Harry? Are you gonna make sourdough when you get bigger? Daddy gonna show you how? Yeah. Is he? Good, yeah. So he's going to learn from his dad, because his dad makes sourdough almost every week. But even if Harry drops the ball, Ion's sourdough is guaranteed to live on. There's a a sourdough museum in Belgium. And um, Dr. Smart Schmidt, who uh, is running it, came over and was here last year. And he took some of this back to the, the museum. When they did the DNA on the stuff we had here, you know, they could tell that some of the strain was from San Francisco. So, I mean, and that's over 100 years ago. And like I said before, I own sourdough starter is all over the world. And you just sent it I sent it to them. Yep. Come on. Nope. Wow. That's amazing. So it's all over. <laughs> Populating the world with sourdough. Okay, this is a tangent, but someone told me yesterday that if you've been in the Yukon a while, you get called sourdough. That's right. Can you explain that to me? It was just people coming in, and because of the sourdough, and everybody had it, people were called sourdoughs that came into the Yukon. But how long did you have to be here to, be, to get well, the it's Well, uh, they say you have to come in, and you have to see the river freeze up and the river break up. But I say if you come up here and you love the country, then you're a sourdough. Ione hopes her famous sourdough not only outlives her, but lasts forever. But one thing that's not destined to live very long is this particular batch of hotcakes. They disappear in about 10 minutes. Well, it was brought in, you know, over 100 years ago uh, over the Chilkoot Trail during the gold rush. You can just think about, oh, the sourdough, yeah, it's been here. It's like a family heirloom, a living family heirloom. It's like a pet that won't die. (laughs) You know, we've been here for that long, and... Yeah, it's hard to put into words, I guess. It's just the mystique of why we're here, what we did here, 
you know, my grandparents, great-grandparents here, and it just sort of talks to me about all that history. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Home Cooked. If you want to try Ayon's hotcakes for yourself, head over to homecookedpodcast.com for the recipe. That's homecookedpodcast, all one word, dot com. You'll also see images by acclaimed photographer Christopher Wall. Home Cooked is produced by Mark Alster, Catherine Jeanne, and me. Margaret Daly is senior producer and editorial advisor. Additional production and photography on this episode by Adam Killick and Dave White. Charlotte Fisick created all the beautiful artwork and downloadable recipe cards. Check out Home Cooked Podcast on Instagram to learn how to make your own sourdough starter from scratch. Dan Misha Goldman and Sean Brody composed the theme music for the show. Sean Liliani is videographer. Candice Craig handles graphics and web. Nicole Edwards is associate producer. Please get in touch with us if you have a family recipe and story to share. Home Cooked is made possible thanks to Maple Leaf Foods. I'm Sarah Martin. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.